For a few weeks, I've been chewing on the story of the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4. And I'd like to go through that this morning, but I want to preface it by uh, a parable out of Luke 17. It says, if your servant comes in from plowing, from taking care of the sheep, would you say, welcome, come on in and have something to eat? No, you wouldn't say that. You would say, fix me something to eat, get ready to serve me so I can have my meal, then later you can eat and drink. Servants don't deserve special thanks for doing what they're supposed to do. That's how it should be with you. When you've done all that you're supposed to do, you should then say, we're merely servants, we simply have done our duty. That particular parable probably chafes against us as much as anything in, in the New Testament in Jesus' teaching. You know, particularly in a society that is um, kind of me-oriented and really um, looking after themselves, to have this idea presented that you would do, you would work all day long, and then you'd come in and you still wouldn't get a break, that you would, there would be more chores to do, and then you could eat and take care of yourself. That somebody else would be profiting from that just burns us. And yet, when we come to the approaching our Lord, we say, you're first. You know, it's easier to look at in Matthew 6 and say, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. But it's really a statement of what's covered in that parable, right? You know, it's saying, set his priorities first, knowing that you're going to be taken care of. And, you know, we, we went through a thing some years ago. What would Jesus do? WWJD. And we had the bracelets, you know. But even wearing the bracelet, this parable could wind you up. You say, I don't like that parable. Now, let's walk through this passage with eyes that, says, that say, Jesus is doing what the Father asks, not necessarily what would be most expedient for him in the moment. Let's kind of you know, wander through this story and just say, what are the factors involved here that maybe he, God would call us to set before him first? Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although the fact of it was Jesus was not baptizing but his disciples, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. So remember, John the Baptist is the guy that gets beheaded because he's gathering all these folks. Suddenly they're realizing that Jesus is probably as much of an influence as anyone. So there's this tension. Jesus leaves the region. And the fact that he goes through Samaria, it was the quickest exit back to Galilee. Didn't walk around Samaria, went through. So there's a, a tension over his life. He's re been rejected by the very people that should have received him. The people that should have been his group, so to speak, have turned him out or are looking at him with suspicion. And it's, it's very simple, you know, to ask ourselves, okay, 
if I've been rejected by some people who I thought were my friends or who were close to me, is that enough for me to just go out and pout? Or might there be something that God would be calling me to even in this moment? And we have to step up and say, do you have something? What is your desire? That's, that's the question. What do you desire of me? Now, he might say, you know, you need to go lick your wounds. I'll be with you. I am your peace. Or he might say, I actually have a task for you to do. But it's that asking, that questioning, putting it first. What do you want in your kingdom? So they went through Samaria. They stopped. It says at Jacob's well, Jesus was tired. He's there alone. He sat down at noon, and a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, will you give me drink? He's about to step into a sphere that normally he wouldn't be in. But I want to ask first the question, is tiredness enough to dismiss the question before God, what would you desire? Just like the parable, worked all day, when do you reach the point of tiredness and say, I don't need to listen for God, I know what I need to do? Or is it appropriate to say, do you have a desire before I unwind or before I rest? We're, we're looking at the example of Jesus, right? So in this weariness, he is still stepping forward. It's intriguing. Um, he asks this woman for a drink, and she says, you're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Two factors here. Jews normally wouldn't talk to Samaritans, and men of that day did not just talk to women Standing alone. So he's violating a couple things right there. And again, it's like, would God desire you to speak to someone out of your group? You know, you talk about cultural minorities. This was the thing going on. And so would God call you to step into a minority setting or out of your setting and ask you to do something? Or do you have the right to just say, no, I, he made me this way, and this is my group, and this is where I'm comfortable? It's been intriguing to me to note Jesus talking to different women in Scripture. Because, you know, it, like the Pharisees, when they saw him talking with different ones, doesn't he know who he's talking to? And it's a sign of their spirituality to say, we keep ourselves pure. We don't pollute ourselves with these conversations. And Jesus is violating that regularly. And, you know, he's stepping into an arena and, and he's taking on something that, you know, you, Father, what do you desire? It's the first question. Um. She answers back, and she asks, you know, well, 
why are you asking me for water? And he says, I've got living water. And she says, you know, our father Jacob had this well. And then maybe she's opening the door to conversation and say, you know, really, we are related. You know, there's the Jews and the Samaritans have some in common here. What had happened is many of the Jews have been hauled off into captivity, and then there were Jews that were left, the poorest of the land, basically. And others were transported into the land. They intermarried. And so the Jew would look at it as polluting the race, and the Samaritans would say, well, we still have the same stock, and we're living in the same region. Why shouldn't we consider ourselves related? You know, maybe she's opening the door. I, I don't know exactly what's going on with this. But the, the turning point for this story is what comes up next. Go call your husband and come back. She says, I have no husband. A man's talking to a woman that he wouldn't in public be seen talking to normally. He says, go get your husband. I don't have a husband. Is she opening the door for a hookup? Don't know, do we? That tension, you know, if, if he had been merely checking her out, so to speak, probably would not have gotten him to the phase of talking about God's water, living water. You know, if he'd been considering what kind of lover would she make, probably not going to get to the next step of, uh, you ought to know God, right? Don't know exactly what's going on here. I mean, I can read a whole lot into this. But they're they're. On the same page conversationally at this stage, right? She's going, I don't have a husband. He says, yeah, that's true. You've had five, and the guy you're living with is not your husband. He reads her mail. This is the turning point of the story. There are times when we try to witness, and we really don't have our hearts open to the necessity of a spirit intervention. You reason very few people into the kingdom of God. There has got to be something when their hearts come alive and there's an awakening say, God is real. And we don't know what that is for each person, but we have the right to call out to God and say, would you open up something in this moment? Sometimes, as Charlie's illustration, it is a healing. Sometimes it's just a word like this where it's, yeah, boy, you told the truth there. How did he know she had five husbands and was living with someone else? Except that God spoke that. And there are times when God wants to speak a similar word to our lives so that we can open the door, so to speak. And so God truly can, so the unseen can break into the seen world. And, and you know, it's... It's one thing to, to, to be reasoning and talking and even presenting living water, you know, a catchy phrase tied to the, to the scene, right? 
How clever. Living water. And you want to drink. Most of us would be excited that we'd come up with living water. You know? But there's another step necessary. And so he, he opens the door here. Sir, I can see you're a prophet. You know, she is convinced something unusual is taking place here. This is different than other guy interactions that she's had. Then she gets into the doctrine. <laughs> you know, she, she throws out a bomb. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. You Jews worship in Jerusalem. What's right? He doesn't back down. He doesn't step away from the truth. He says, salvation comes from the Jews. You guys really don't know what you're doing. So, I mean, he, he's not candy-coating it. But then he goes on to say, a time is coming when real worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. So he's saying it's not about the location. There's something even more important coming. It's built on truth and it's built on the spirit. That's the essence of what this witness is taking place as well. It's built on presenting and declaring truth, but it's also built on spirit intervention. So when we go and we're, we're in Walmart, for lack of a better example, Target, excuse me. You have an equal opportunity here. And... And we have this moment, this encounter with someone. And it's like, I'm tired. I just want to bite, you know, get out of here. I don't even like being in this place. Or, you know, I, they're in a cart. You know, I hate that stuff. You know, whatever is our prejudice... We still have a responsibility to say, what is your desire? So he, he presents true worshipers, worship in spirit and truth. And the woman says, I know Messiah called Christ is coming. She, she puts it together. She, she's honed in and she actually, this is a, a positive question. No more... You know, what are you going to say? No more, this is a, you know, we, we have conversation, you know, this was a cool moment, but uh, here, let's, let's just end it here. No, now she's engaged. What about the Messiah? Jesus says, I'm he. It's interesting, the disciples come back and they're surprised to see him talking to a woman. <laughs> a Samaritan woman. They didn't ask her, what do you want? Or why are you talking to her? You know, they were thinking it, but they had enough smarts not to ask. Okay? She leaves her water jar, goes back to town. Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. So she's still tied into this five husbands thing, right? She is... She can't escape this moment. 
Something took place. And she goes back, could this be the Messiah? Is it possible? And then his disciples go to him, Rabbi, eat something. And he's going, I've got food you don't know of. And it's like, he says, I'm passionate about things that you don't understand. There are things that just fire me up that, that I'm connected to. You know? and so he says, there are things even more important than food in this moment. Now, obviously, he's going to eat, but he's locked into what's really important in that moment. And I guess for us, we don't know until we ask, Father, what's your desire? What do you want in this moment? And he says, don't save four months until the harvest. Open your eyes. Quit saying someday. Quit saying, I hope to get to this. Quit saying, my dream is. And some days he says, it's now. He says, open your eyes up. Take a look. Fields are ripe. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life. Well, the lady comes back with people from town. Many of the Samaritans believed in him because of the woman's testimony. So it opened the door and, and incredible things started to take place. And so this weary man that's running from another group stays two days in a place that there's no way that he should be staying at all. But he has a receptive audience, and God has opened the, Father has opened the doors for him to make declaration in a spot that no one else would have picked. And lives are transformed. He says, we no longer believe because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. And after two days, he leaves for Galilee. Let's go back to Matthew 6. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. One of the challenges of our life as we grow in the Lord is just to regularly say, what is your desire? What do you want in this moment? What do you ask of me? It's no mistake that this morning, Charlie gets up and declares our faith grows in doctrine and application. Kurt gets up and says, you know, we grow in our faith in obedience and asking the Lord and responding to what he asks of us. And then now we've looked at this same passage. The challenge in our hearts is, what would he ask of us in this moment? Years ago, we used to sing a, a chorus over and over and over again until we wore it out and then kept singing it for years and eventually dropped it, but it was, I surrender all, I surrender all, all to thee, my precious Savior, I surrender all. Simple, but it's really appropriate to just say, Lord, what do you, what do you desire? It's all yours. I'm attempting to let you be the master and me the servant. 
I'm attempting to recognize that you are the authority over all things, creation, everything made, including me. And you have the right to ask me to do, and I have the privilege of responding to that, knowing that you're loving and good and take care of me in that setting as well. Praise to God. We thank you for your scripture that speaks life to us. And even in this moment, we say, what do you desire? And I pray that the things that normally would keep us from asking this question or responding to you, that we would recognize that that isn't necessarily excuse enough, but rather our hearts would be turned toward you. Amen.